Welcome to the Call to Serve podcast. An inside look at missionary service and its lifelong impact. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Call to Serve podcast. I'm Nathan, your host. Have another episode in the works for y'all today. I'm here with Sister Thompson. She is from American Fork, Utah, currently serving and she's actually been serving for about six months. She's in the Utah Orem mission. But Sister Thompson, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> doing wonderful. Living the dream, as I like to say. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Super happy to have you here. Um, just want to get right into it. So yeah, what's, what is your story? Out of all things you could be doing, you decide to serve a mission. Why? Um. Well, it's kind of a long story. Um. I've wanted to serve a mission for a really, really long time, ever since I got my patriarchal blessing, which I got that when I was about 13. Um, And I graduated high school. I went to BYU for like a year. And then I actually got a call to Armenia, which is out in the Middle East. Yeah. And it was really rad. I was super excited to go. And then I met a guy and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I ended up staying home for him. I didn't go on my mission. And sadly, it ended up being a really abusive relationship, Hmm. um, which wasn't what I was planning at all. It wasn't the godly relationship that I was hoping it would be. Um, But it was a long, it was only about a four month relationship, but it was, it was a long four months. And I got out of that relationship um, and I was kind of in like the worst place I'd ever been in my whole life. Uh, I kind of lost myself with in that relationship. And I remember that I just like wanted to give up so bad. And I was actually living out in Florida. Um, I was doing summer sales out there with him and um I just remember I like prayed in my apartment one night and I was like, Heavenly Father, I just, I can't do this anymore. Like, I just want to give up. And God was like, no, like, don't give up. There's so much more. There's a complete other side to this that you just don't see yet. Hmm. And so I was like, then like, give me something because I need something right now because I feel so lost. And I opened up to DNC 121, seven through nine, which says, um, my son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment. And then if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. Thy friends do stand by thee and they shall hail thee again with warm hearts and friendly hands. And I remember I read that because I just, I didn't feel like I had anybody in my life for me that still cared about me. And it was like my trials parted like the Red Sea And Jesus was just standing in the middle with his arms open wide and was like, come to me. And I was like, okay. And um, it was at the moment where I realized that like God still has a purpose for me, even though I am broken and I'm imperfect. And I was able to end that relationship and I went home and I did therapy and I was like, dang, like, I just want to go on a mission. Like, even when I was in that relationship, all I wanted to do was be on a mission But I was like, no, like, I already said no, that's already passed. Like, there's no way that God would ever want me to go on a mission because I screwed up my chance to go on one. Mm. And I was scared to pray about it because I was scared that the answer would be no. And then 
I finally one day just drove to the temple and I prayed about it. I was like, Heavenly Father, I want to go on a mission so badly. And I just started crying and it felt like God hugged me. And he was like, yes, I've been waiting for you to ask me, go on a mission. And I was like, okay. And I had never been so excited for anything in my life. And I remember that I went to my bishop and I talked about it and he was like, okay, we just need you to do like a mental health evaluation because of all the things you went through in your relationship. We want to make sure that you, you know, are able to go, like if you're able to go on a teaching mission or a service mission. Hmm. And I went and I got the mental health evaluation and they cleared me to go on a teaching mission. They're like, honestly, it's up to you. Like you would be good at both. You'd be good at a service mission and you'd be good at, um, a proselyting mission and I prayed about it and I was like I don't know why I need to go on a service mission I don't even really know what that means but that's what God's telling me to do and um I realized like after that there was something out there that was greater than I was and it was Jesus and that I just needed to go towards that and that direction was what brought me to my service mission and it what it's what brought me back to serving a mission in general. And after I decided that it wasn't easy at all. Um, it was actually really hard because, you know, Satan had something to like chase after because I was doing what God wanted me to do. And he was looking at like, Satan was like looking at me, like, I don't like that Jesus guy. So I need to stop her. I was like, I love that Jesus guy. So I'm not going to let you stop me. And um, it just helped me realize that this was the right path because it was the hard path. And I needed to learn more about myself and God. And that was going to be through a mission. Um, so I, you know, put in my papers and got my call as a service missionary. And I still didn't really know what that meant because I didn't even know who was on a service mission. And I was like, am I just going to be at like a bishop storehouse for my whole mission? Like, <laughs> I don't really know what this looks like. And um, uh, I realized that the best thing that I ever told God was like, here I am, send me. Um, it changed my life because my service mission has just been everything that I've needed and more. I'm currently serving up at the church office building in Salt Lake City. And up there, I'm helping write a development book for service missionaries and I'm helping out with referrals in Africa, which is cool because I didn't think I'd get the opportunity to teach as a service missionary, but I get the opportunity to talk to people from all over the world. And I worked for the friend for a little bit and just so many different opportunities that I never would have had if I went on a teaching mission. And teaching missions are amazing, but the service mission is exactly what I needed for myself. And um, I'm also at the Church History Museum up in Salt Lake, which everyone who has a layover in Salt Lake decides to go there because they're just looking for something to do. And I've had the opportunity to give out Book of Mormons to those people after talking to them about what our church is and what we believe. And um, as I've been on my mission, I've realized that the purpose of it is to live wholeheartedly for Jesus Christ. Um, and that has been such a blessing for me um, <laughs> to just live for Jesus because our missions are also to bring people unto Christ. And we can't do that if we're not living for him. And if we don't know what it means, like if we don't know who Jesus is, it's really hard to be able to do that. 
Um, but it's been amazing, like really has changed my whole life. And I've never been more thankful for an opportunity in my life, especially after I realized that God works with broken vessels and broken people. And it doesn't matter where you've been and it doesn't matter what you've done and all that stuff. It doesn't matter if you're wanting to serve and willing to serve, God's going to call you to serve. And he's going to be like, Hey, I'm going to take what you have and make it so much better. And I'm going to take that space of like where you want to be and where you are. And I'm filling that for you. And, um, I'm just so grateful and yeah, I don't know. I, (laughs) I've realized that we're all so loved by the creator of the universe, you know, like the great I am loves us of all people. And that's pretty amazing. And nothing that you do could ever pull that love away. And serving a mission has just made me understand his love so much more in ways that I never had before. And I'll never know how, you know, deep and great God's love is for each of his children. But I know that a mission shows you a lot more of that, that you might not have seen before. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> that's excellent. That's, that's powerful. Um, there's a couple of things that you talked about. I just wanted to, to kind of just circle back around. Yeah, for but- sure. First is just kind of an, the overall, you know, the big picture with everything that you you experienced and kind of went through. What do you feel like God was trying to teach you? God was trying to teach me that there is nothing, there's no trial that the world that will fall upon us that we cannot do without Christ. Um there's definitely trials that I think people are given that they can't do alone, but if they're willing to do them with Christ, they'll a hundred percent get through it. And he turns our brokenness into something beautiful. Um, I'm a big believer that God knows the trials we're going to go through, but I think all the good things come from God. And I don't believe he intentionally puts trials in our path. I believe that trials come because of the agency of other people and the agency of ourselves. Um, and a lot of times those situations are out of control and sometimes they're a little bit more in our control, but God knows that people are imperfect and he knows that those trials are going to fall upon us because we are imperfect and he's just going to take it and be like, Hey, look at what I can do with your potential and look what I can do with where you are right now. Um, but that was the biggest lesson I learned definitely was (laughs) I was so imperfect and I still am so imperfect. And I've had to learn so many things about myself. Um, But God has just continually showed me that I, if I'm willing to take part in this thing that is bigger than myself, then he will, he'll be like, hey, look at what I can do. And then it's like, we're able to give all that glory to God and it just fills your whole heart and it fills your whole soul to be able to just sit there and be like, my God did this for me and my God gave me everything that I have. I love that. And it, it actually reminds me just that last part that you're talking about. It reminds me of, oh, I'm trying to remember the exact story. I think, I don't know if it was, hmm. 
I mean, there was the story of Elijah with the altar when he had it soaked and then he called down mm -hmm. fire and, um, but oh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know exactly. I think it's in the old Testament, but essentially it's where God is like making, I'm just where, where the people face impossible odds and God is like, I want it to be where they can't think of any other possible solution aside from the fact that I delivered them. Yep. And my, it's escaping my mind right now. It'll probably come to me right after we, uh, we jump off here, but, but I think a lot of times God will place almost impossible situations in our lives. And that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's not impossible. It's just, we just can't see it yet. Yeah. That's, that's the hard part is mm -hmm. the fact that we can't always see it. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think it feels like statistically impossible, but mm -hmm. like we're all like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not about the statistics. Like God isn't a God who cares about percentages and he shows us like what we have aside from that, aside from what maybe just makes the most sense. And I think it's really beautiful that he just meets us where we are and not where we feel like we need to be. Yeah. Actually, it came to me. It's the story of Gideon. Whenever oh, yes. it, 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 the army of the Israelites just whittles down to like 300, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And and they're going against the Midianites and and it's like 300 against, they call them, they, they said it's as numerous as the sands of the sea was the people of the, the Midianites and and uh, yeah, I think there's a verse or two where it says like, no, we need less people so that the people can't say, oh, we did this ourselves or we're so strong or whatever, but rather it's God that delivered us. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love, I love that, that you were able to just to share that, but also to, to learn that and experience it and that you can share it now that you, you have it, you know, you have that knowledge. Um, you also mentioned that you were talking about the right path and the hard path and how sometimes the right path is the hard path and that's not always the fun path, <laughs> but it's, it's the way that we need to go and the way that God has designed and set aside for us. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Just kind of how, I guess you've been able to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, because my, my path has been hard. Definitely people have it harder than me, but I can confidently say I've been through some things. And um, I think a lot of times we don't really understand um, what our trials are doing for us until we get through them. Mm. And I know for me, like I was in that relationship that wasn't good. And um, it really did just like, it tore me apart because everything that was happening in that relationship was pulling me away from God, but I loved him. And so I was like, Oh, but like, maybe it'll get better. And there was lots of promise of change, but nothing ever actually did change. And I remember when I got home um, from Florida that summer, I just was like, I don't know how to even move forward in my life. Like I'm so reliant on other people right now because I can't do this at all on my own. Like I'm relying on God, but there's all these other people in my life too that I need. And 
it was so extremely difficult. But even like a month after I got home, I was able to find girls who were in the same situation that I was. And I was like, hey, it's okay to leave. Like, there are other ways out and you don't have to be with someone that's going to make you miserable forever. Like, that's not what the purpose of marriage is. You're Mm -hmm. There's going to be hard things in marriage, but overall, you're supposed to be happy. And whether or not you've married that person yet, it's better to leave and find someone who brings you closer to God. And um, I, I just feel like there's so many, again, just so many hard things that we go through and we don't see that purpose, but I was able to help those girls. And I remember sitting in my room one day and I was like, you know, if I had to go through all of that that summer, just to help these few women that I've met get out of the like relationship they're in because I get it now and I understand what they're going through, it was worth it. And I think the biggest part of it is like looking for opportunities as well. Like God can make it into something beautiful, but you know, it's a two-way thing. You have to be willing to make it into something beautiful as well. And so it's like, if you're looking for opportunities to turn your trial into something that is a strength to you and to your the rest of your life then you're going to find those opportunities and you'll realize that this sucked and I never want to go through it again but it was worth it because I helped this person or I reached out to this person and even if that person is yourself that's good enough too like even if you realize that I went through this hard thing but it helped me find Jesus and it helped me realize that my savior has such infinite love for me that's worth it too And as I got on, you know, as I got ready for my mission, it was hard because a lot of people don't know what service missions are and I didn't really know what they were. And, you know, people are going to judge you no matter what you do. And I felt that judgment, like a lot of that judgment. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, like, you know, I had a mission call and then I didn't go. And then I broke up with the guy that I stayed home for. And now I'm going again. And I'm like, I've just changed my mind so many times, (laughs) but it's about keeping God at the center. And if you're keeping God at the center, then all of it will work out. And I just had to push through that negativity that people were kind of throwing my way and be like, no, like this service mission, I don't really know what it is yet, but it's going to be good. And you might judge me for it, but that's okay. You can judge me. I'm just going to, you know, do what I know God wants me to do. And pushing through the negative negativity and the hard things and just taking that path, even though it's scary and you've never done something like it before, if you know that it's what God wants you to do, then it will always be worth it. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. That's wonderful. Um, but Sister Thompson, thank you so much for for being willing to jump on the podcast here and share your, your story and your experience. Um, as we wrap things up here, just wanted to ask one final question, and that is, what advice would you give to someone who is wanting to serve a mission, but they, the option that they're given or that the Lord has given them is to serve a service mission, and they don't want to, and they don't, they'd rather do a proselytizing mission, full-time, whatever. Um, what advice would you give them? I would tell them to hold on and just wait, trust God, because your service mission is going to give you opportunities that you never would have had as a teaching missionary. 
and oh man, there's so many things I feel like I could say. <laughs> um, I I mean, a big piece of advice for them, honestly, is to just read the word, like read the Book of Mormon, read the Bible, um, because you'll come to know Jesus, and when you come to know Jesus more, you realize that you're about to go out on a mission where you are serving exactly as the savior did to the individual. I mean, in our call as service missionaries, it says that we will serve the one as he did expressing his loving kindness. Hmm. And as you look at the savior's life, he was very much about the one he found the one that was an outcast. He found the one that was sick. He found the one that nobody wanted to be around. He found all these people that didn't have people and he brought them together and made it into something amazing. And um, that's what you're doing as a service missionary. You're able to reach out to so many people and you meet so many amazing people. I serve with some of the most godly people I've ever met. And I'm like, whoa, you're so cool. And I'm able to help them and they're able to help me. And, you know, ministering to the one looks like a lot of different things. Maybe that means you're in a bishop storehouse and maybe that means you're helping kids out. Like I helped kids out with horse therapy for a while and I helped little kids ride horses um, to help them work through things they've been through. And maybe that looks like serving at a school. Maybe that's serving in the temple. There are so many opportunities that you don't know yet because service missions aren't talked about as much, but they are just as important as teaching missions. Um, one way that my mission president put it very beautifully is that um, teaching missionaries are the voice of the Lord, but the service missionaries are the hands of the Lord. And you need both. Um, you can't have one without the other. We wouldn't be making as much impact as we are if both kinds of missionaries didn't have each other. Um, but as they decide to serve and continue to serve and just hold on and wait, God will reveal all the plans he has for you and you'll know of the love that he has and it will be hard in different ways than a teaching mission's hard but it's so worth it and it is something that is just going to absolutely change the entire course of your life it might even lead you to job opportunities that you didn't think you'd ever get I know service missionaries who have been offered jobs at the places that they served at after they finished serving. And a lot of times you're able to find things that align with your interests, which is a very unique way of doing things. And I think just one big thing is like, you're equal. Sometimes you don't feel like you're equal to the teaching missionaries because they're the ones that are talked about, but you are so important too. And the work that you're doing and the work that you're gonna do and embark on is going to have this ripple effect you know it's like one drop in an ocean but if you didn't have that drop in the ocean there you know like <laughs> one drop in the ocean doesn't seem like much but if we all represented a drop in the ocean like every person that we impacted if that was a drop in the ocean and we took all of that away from everyone there wouldn't be an ocean and that'd be kind of sad so just remember that like sometimes it feels like you aren't doing much but you really are. And when you get to the other side of the veil one day, you are going to have so many more people than you'll ever comprehend that are just wanting to hug you and thank you for the service that you did for them. That's powerful. 
That's really powerful. And as you were sharing, I just couldn't help but think of, I forget who said it, but it was just the concept of it's not where you serve, but how. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's not necessarily what you're doing to serve, but also just how you're doing it. You know, and and the faith that you exercise as you do it, and that uh, more than anything else will determine whether or not you are a successful missionary, whether or not it was meaningful, it was worth your time, is just how you serve. Mm-hmm. So, but very powerful. Those listening, hit that rewind, listen to Sister Thompson again. Um, take some notes. I like to say this, but just maybe maybe set a goal of something you want to do. Maybe it's, you know, you want to change and and think about something differently. Well, write it down, write that reminder, put it on your mirror, put it on your dashboard, whatever you need to do to keep it at the front of your mind, put it at your, um, set it as your home screen on your phone. We all have, we all have phones, so, you know, why not? But anyway, Sister Thompson, again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful rest of your mission. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much.